0: Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. To pick up a free audiobook download, head on over to audibletrial.com simpletheology. Welcome to Simple Theology, the podcast connecting Theology to Everyday Life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I am Robert Kane and I'm Rick Gromlick. What's up, Big Daddy?
1: Uh, just, I actually just trying to do the last minute show prep here. Nah.
0: <laughs> we just spent like the last
1: Just looking up this uh, little verse here. Um doing well, man though.
0: Life's, what verse are you looking uh, up? What's that? The what verse the, you looking up?
1: The Acts verse. The verse in Acts. Well, I, I guess we're
0: it. gonna find out what that is.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that later. Mm. Um. Anyway, uh, doing well, man. Another week, another, another dollar. Day, another dollar.
0: Hmm. So, nice. what's new with you? We haven't. We, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while.
1: Well, we did our last ep over the uh, over the Skype. Skype. That was. So, I've, I
0: listened to that and it sounds yeah. bad. I'm glad. Well, we're I thought in person. it
1: sounded decent for Skype to be. Well, quite frank. Yeah. But I don't know how much work you had to do with it.
0: As the one who does the editing, it just. It drives me nuts yeah. when it sounds like it did, and there's not much I can do about it. There's right. people who are way more talented at it who would know exactly what to do. That's yes. not me. So
1: yeah, you, you give it the old college try, and we uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. So yeah, uh, what is new? Not a whole lot. Kids growing up, getting bigger. He's got his teeth now. Yeah, two he's teeth, got two not all teeth, of them, but two like chompers. Yeah, Finley and,
0: is like three months older, and she only has one.
1: Yeah. Will is just so. She's pretty advanced. aggressive with that Dude, one. Yeah, she is very aggressive. <laughs> She's what you call a go-getter. Yeah. <laughs> What's new with to you, it. Rob? Though I mean, other than um, new job. That's right. There you go. Mm. Yeah, man. So tell us. I mean, I know it's kind of a sad.
0: Yeah. You I, you I love the people. You don't that talk I work about with. how you got fired
1: or any of that stuff, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. just talk about your new
0: place. <laughs> I didn't get fired. Yeah, you did. But uh, Rob,
1: you can't lie like that on the podcast.
0: I'm not lying. Rick, maybe if you're talking about not lying on the podcast, you should look in the mirror. It's It's your face. It's
1: your face. (laughs) Uh,
0: But yeah, no, um, new job and exciting new opportunity. Yes. Uh, The industry is a little bit different. It's a slower pace, which I'm pretty grateful for because the industry that I was in last time um, was just really fast paced. I don't think I realized that it was really fast paced until I got into a different industry.
1: What, was it the industry or was it a mix of the company and your specific like niche?
0: It could be that. You know what I mean? Like It could be both. I mean, granted, the industry that we were in was the sandblasting industry. And so, those are, yeah. we're dealing with a lot of contractors. Right. And those guys' day starts at like 6 a.m. Yeah. And they need almost always need things yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it could have also been the company, but I've never worked for another company in that industry. So I wouldn't be able to say that one way or the other.
1: Cool, I got you. I got you. Yeah, fast yeah. pace, hopping,
0: moving, and grooving. Yep. And now, now
1: you're uh, just sitting on your duffer. Yeah, doing man. Doing nothing.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much no, it. That's not true. No. He um, don't believe it. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, different industry. Now we're in. I'm in like the HR staffing industry, which is come with a bit of a learning curve, but it's been good. I've enjoyed it and. I've only been there three weeks, but so far no complaints. So your job? Now, granted, they do not they don't provide lunch. Oh my gosh! My don't even get company, me started on the last dude, my, place okay, Rob okay, worked. So my, oh la, my, gosh. my last company, last Gourmet made lunches. For, yeah, just provided hot lunch. Like Monday was paninis with soup and salad, and Tuesdays was Taco Tuesday. Uh, Mondays or Wednesday- I don't know my days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Monday. <laughs> Wednesdays next. Wednesday uh, was like this. Beef with, kind of like the only way I know how to say it is Chinese vegetables, (laughs) but it's like Uh, cooked vegetables. Yeah, cooked vegetables with soy sauce. (laughs) Chinese, (laughs) but it was amazing. Uh, There's Uh,
1: Chinese vegetables in there.
0: (laughs) Thursdays was uh, burgers and brats with fries, and Fridays was kind of a wild card. It was pizza a lot of times, but they they provided that every day for lunch. Wow, and then they would stock. The kitchen with snacks like granola bars, um, with Red Bull, with not—I mean, I, I'm never, don't think I ever had a Red Bull there, but a great coffee maker. Like we were taken care of. Yeah, I, they—I mean, they—they they fed of, you well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a miracle sorry, that I didn't just balloon.
1: You have to <laughs> suffer so much in this new job.
0: So I've been here for l- three weeks now, right? Yeah. And probably fifty percent or more. Of my time there. Yeah. I have forgotten my lunch. Oh. Because I have to yeah. pack now. Yeah. And yeah. so I just get all my stuff ready and I just walk right out the door. Head yes. On, head right on into work. And then comes like 11, 12 o'clock and I'm like, dude, I'm feeling pretty hungry. And then I realize I don't have anything to eat. Uh, yes. So, that's
1: That's one of like, okay, first world problems, of course. But yeah, that's sure. one of the most disappointing things is when it comes to lunchtime and you have no lunch. Yeah. And you realize it's going to be like another four hours. I forgot what hours. Was like. Yeah.
0: And now I I know. Welcome back to the life remember. of
1: the common man, Rob. <laughs> uh, where we have to pack our lunch and uh, we're not pampered to. Yeah. Throughout the day. Yeah. Good to be here. Eight thousand dollar coffee makers.
0: It was about that. And ping pong. It may have been nine. <laughs> I, heard, I heard it was nine. <laughs> oh. God. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. So
1: that's um, Rob living in the lap of luxury and onto a new job. So specifically, what can you tell people what you do?
0: Yeah. So like I I work for. A company called Manpower, which most people probably... I mean, they might know. They might not know. It depends what what your background is. Um, but I'm just selling manpower services. So I'm going to companies being like, hey, can, can we hook you up with some staffing? Yeah. So
1: um, so if you have staffing needs, contact Rob. <laughs> mm. in the um, They're all over the country. They're all over
0: the world. world. Yeah. yeah. So my
1: next question would be, uh, it sounds a little sexist, though. I know. Manpower. Manpower. Um, <laughs> You think you guys are going to work on that anytime soon?
0: You know, I have no idea. Okay. That's yeah, a little above my pay grade.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, just something to think about as a ambassador of Christ trying to elevate all mm-hmm. mankind.
0: I'm pretty sure that's what they're going for there. Is, mankind. Is mankind, not... Yeah. Humanity. Men in general.
1: We're all hum- yeah, just people. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mankind power. Cool.
1: Well, anyway, Rob, we're excited for you. Me and all the listeners, we're just cheering you on over yeah, here. Yeah, I'm
0: sure everyone's just so, so excited about Elated. That. Yeah, that's what they tuned in to hear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anything else
0: going on you want to share about? Not that I can think of. Are you alluding to something? Should there be something? That no, no
1: I, I have blank spaces in my head. I'm okay, just, I
0: didn't know if you were alluding. Like, I'm forgetting. Just that your wife's pregnant? Oh, no, no, she's not.
1: Yeah, you tried to deny this on the last one. You know <laughs> yeah. she is.
0: Well, you can keep saying that if you want, but she is not pregnant. Do you know However, for, you I However, sure? I did tell somebody, by somebody, I mean Adam, he... Uh, worked with me at the last one. Okay, yes. He listened to the friendship one, and he gave me some, gave me some grief. He's like, I listened for thirty minutes and never once heard my name. Oh. <laughs> well, so, there's a reason for that, Adam. Um, yeah. Rob has forgotten you. <laughs> no, Adam, don't listen. To you rent.
1: are in the past. You're
0: dead to him. Yeah. No, he he made a good point in that that we should also have non-Christian friends, and we didn't yeah. touch on that. We and, didn't cover that. No, we didn't. Oh, probably because so, we
1: shouldn't have non-Christian friends. <laughs> Yeah.
0: No, so for those of you out there who who are Christians, you should be pursuing non-Christian friendships. Come ye out, and be don't... separate from them. <laughs> Say what? I missed that. Isn't
1: that what the, the, like, midnight or whatever? Come oh, ye yeah. out, be separate?
0: Something like that. I don't know. Yes, um, which
1: is referring to heart and action, not um, physically. I like, don't be around worldly people.
0: Mm. But anyway. If you're... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John, for blowing that yeah. off. You're so if kind. You, uh... If you're looking to have some non-Christian friends, don't look at them as a project. Don't be one of those people. So
1: Well, now you just said you need to go find some Christian friends. And then no, you I said, said find some non-Christian friends. Find some non-Christian friends, excuse me.
0: Yeah, and now you're saying but, don't. But treat them like a human being. Don't treat them like a project. That's one of the things that like, I think I think every Christian who's been a Christian since, I mean, they were younger, could, yeah. could say that they've seen people view non-Christians as projects. And granted, oh, yeah. we do really want to see them come to know the Lord because we think that that is the best thing for them yeah. and, and we pray for our non Christian friends to, Lord willing, come to faith. So we live However, with intentionality. Exactly. Yeah. However, don't just be friends with them for the sake of trying to check something off of your list and trying to Yeah, because they won't be your friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean people <laughs> That's aren't down friendship. Yeah. So I mean some people are Adam, despite what some Rick people said, are. I have not forgotten you. And I'll send you a text on WhatsApp because he and I have been chatting on WhatsApp.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad that you can share your, your, what yeah. app you're using to communicate. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Do you have stock in that or something? Like are you trying to <laughs> yeah. sideways
0: promote? TM. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, man. What are we talking about today?
0: Yeah, this... Uh, <laughs> we ran to there for a little while. <laughs> we did. A little too long. Um, Sorry. We today are talking about general revelation. Cool. Which... I had a definition for, but I got to open this because I shut the
1: book. Go back to our book, uh, Greg Allison's book, Baker's. Yeah, Greg
0: Allison's Baker Compact Dictionary of Theological Terms. Yes. So let's find general Beautiful. revelation. Here we go. Here we go. God's communication of himself to all peoples at all times and in all places by which they may know of his existence, some of his attributes, and something of his moral law general revelation has four modes, the created order, the human conscience, or, or internal moral sense, God's providential care, and an innate sense of God. The intended response to general revelation is worship, thanksgiving, submission, and obedience to God. People respond actually with idolatry, disobedience, and self-reliance. This failed response results in God's righteous judgment falling on rebellious people. So let's flesh that out. Mm, Let's. Let's. Let us do that. Let us put flesh on that skeleton. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, Greg Allison. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. Pretty much did our notes for us in giving us an outline. So we're just going to take that one by one. He initially said there that there are four modes of general revelation. And and, by
1: by modes, you mean like... um, Yeah, four ways ways. that God reveals things.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so the first one that Greg pointed out was the created order. And so what we see is through creation, God has left evidence of himself. And so uh, if you check out Romans 1, starting in verse 18, we read, for God's wrath... "...is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, since what can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse." For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the creator who was praised forever. Amen. So kind of a longer passage there, mm-hmm. but essentially what Paul's getting at as he's writing to the Romans is that God has revealed himself in creation. He's made it evident to all people. However, they have rejected God and they have chosen to worship the creation rather than the creator correct (laughs) (laughs) 10 points well done a plus Mm.
1: no but I mean there's this element when we say the created order um, just that for the created order that that pushes against one cultural thought uh, popular thought right now but also even our flesh like that there is a set way that things are done, um, we, we resist that. This passage in Romans chapter 2, 12-16 speaks to that um, in our, our consciousness as humans and then in our inter- internal moral sense. So picking it up in Romans two twelve, All who sin without the law will also perish without the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For the hearers of the law are not righteous before God but the doers of the law will be justified. So when Gentiles who do not by nature have the law do what the law demands, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. Their consciences confirm this. Their um, competing thoughts either accuse or even excuse them on the day when God judges what people have kept secret according to my gospel through Jesus Christ it's this idea that there's a moral law written in your heart and obviously Paul as, um, as a Jew knew about the law that God gave in the old covenant and, and how um, that was written in tablets of stone and given to the people to, for them to obey but the reality is God has written this law on all man's heart and, and they will be judged based on the, those things and have to give an account for that
0: yeah, I think I think just about everybody would agree that murder is wrong or that adultery is wrong or that stealing is wrong. And you don't necessarily have to be a Christian to agree with that, right? right? If you were to go to somebody random on the street and ask them that question, they would they would agree with those things because God has placed it on our hearts, his law. And so Do you have anything else on that, Rick?
1: Well, just interesting on a a cultural note that people would say – evolutionists evolutionists or humanists would say those convictions um, come about because society has – has kind of fostered those over hundreds and hundreds of years for self-preservation, uh, so to speak. And so they would say, oh, the reason we have morality is because we as a culture believe this to be true because we think it's better for the society or for the community. Um, and we're like, no, actually, there's, there's these things that God has pressed upon you as far as right and wrong. But we do see a, a searing of the even that initial consciousness um, where people just in our depravity we can know something's wrong on an intellectual level, but we, we don't truly believe it on a heart level. And so um, it, it causes people to give in to, I mean, just the world's full of people filled with idolatry. I and mean, there are people who, some people think it's okay, but most people say, hey, no, like, it's good to be faithful to that person you've, you're committed to, or it's good not to murder. But we do see pockets where... Um, they're just given over to this. Not that everyone agrees with it, but there's just there's just this um, influx of thinking that it's all okay. And yet, the word, Christ's word, speaks against that. And even culturally, they speak against that, even though they don't want to. So they find themselves in this conundrum, this pickle, because on one hand, they they don't want to hold to any absolutes, but on the other hand, they know there has to be some absolutes. There has to be a, um, a point of reference for what's right and wrong. So, Little tangent there, but anyway.
0: Good tangent, good tangent. And the third one so the first one was the created order, the second one was the human conscience or an internal moral sense. And the third mode of general revelation that we see here is God's providential care. And strap yourselves in, we got a fairly long passage here. It's going to be in Acts 14, and we're going to start in verse 8 and go to verse 18. So, verse (coughs) 8. (laughs) <laughs> clear my throat <laughs> sooner rather than later <laughs> says uh in lystra a man was sitting who was without strength in his feet had never walked and had been lame from birth he listened as paul spoke after looking directly at him and seeing that he had faith to be healed paul said in a loud voice stand up on your feet and he jumped up and began to walk around when the crowd saw that paul or had saw what paul had done they shouted saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas, they called Zeus, and Paul, Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the town, brought bowls and wreaths to the gates because he intended, with the crowds, to offer sacrifice. The apostles, Barnabas and Paul, tore their robes when they heard this and rushed into the crowd shouting, people, why are you doing these things? We are people also just like you, and we are proclaiming good news to you, that you turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to go their own way, although he did not leave himself without a witness, since he did what is good, by giving you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, and filling you with food and your hearts with joy even though they said these things they barely stopped the crowds from sacrificing to them so we get this crazy scenario here where paul is proclaiming the gospel and then somebody is is miraculously healed to affirm the words that paul is saying and they think that it's hermes in the flesh And they start to bring sacrifices for Zeus and for Hermes. And Paul and Barnabas are like, stop, we're not gods. We're just telling you the good news of what the one and only God has done through Jesus. And you can tell that this one and only God is good because he has sent you rain. He has provided your harvest. He's Mm -hmm. filled your stomachs and he's given you joy. And now this good God who has done all these things for you has done something tremendously better. In giving you his son to pay for your sin so that all those who would turn from the sin of worshiping these false gods, Zeus and Hermes, could be saved because of what Jesus has done on the cross. We're telling you the good news that this God that has fed your stomachs, that has brought rain is even better than what you had ever imagined. He has purchased your salvation for you as well. And so we see that God has generally revealed himself in the created order, in the human conscience, but now also in his providential care to care for those who have even rejected him.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, there's not much to comment on that. I mean, it's pretty comprehensive. And people who, who buck against that and resist that they don't resist God's providential care; they resist the idea of who God is, because God, um, as He is provident and He cares for, He also has a law and He has um, morality and what's right and wrong, and that fights against our flesh. So people push against that, but deep down they do know that there, I think, there is a God. in, in Acts chapter 17, we're going to look at verse 22. This is Paul speaking to um, a group of. Um, Called, like philosophers and so forth and picking up verse 22 paul stood in the middle of the areopagus and said people of athens i see that you are extremely religious in every respect for as i was passing through and observing the objects of your worship i even found an altar on which was inscribed to an unknown god therefore what you worship in ignorance this i proclaim to you the god who made the world and everything in it he is the lord of heaven and earth does not live in shrines made by hands, neither is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives everything, since gives everyone life and breath, and all things. From one man he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth, and has determined their appointed times in the boundaries of where they live. He did this so that they might seek God, and perhaps they might reach out, and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live, and move, and have our being, as even some of you, your own poets, have said. For we are also his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, then we shouldn't think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image fashioned by human art and imagination. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance. God now commands all people everywhere to repent because he has set a day when he is going to judge the world in righteousness by the man he has appointed. He has provided proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So we see where God, where Paul is speaking and revealing that God has, um, they, these people are worshiping all these other things and they have a, an inscription to an unknown God, like they, just to cover all their bases. And he says to them, listen, this person that you are worshiping in this unknown thing, let me tell you about him. He's God and he desires to re- reveal himself to you if you will reach out. And he's so close, Paul says. And he says, because he has revealed, he has a time when he will judge the earth through the one whom he has raised from the dead, the same one who gives testimony to, about God. So it's this idea that, that God has made this impression of Christ um, has the revelation of Christ and his death has made an impression on us and speaks to us. And we have to give an account for that. And here Paul is, and these are all um, in Acts 17, he's in the Areopagus rule like this, like not ruling class, but these men who just stand around and talk about ideas and talk about ideas. And, oh, that's a nice idea. And they wanted Paul to come and, and share more with them. And he says, listen, um, this is this is the deal. It's not all these gods it's one God And then if we if you read down that passage, Paul's like fine I'm taking my message and I'm moving out like I've spoken the word you know if you either respond or don't and he and it leaves which is interesting because I think for us we, we want to see people come and we want to stand and reason with people and give them argument after argument why they should believe when the reality is you let the word of God speak as clear as you can, and then ultimately if it's up to them to respond. It's not up to you to win them over because deep down everyone has that innate sense that, that there is a God and he desires to use or to, to uh, be in relationship with them.
0: Yeah. I mean, even the verse that we covered earlier, Romans one eighteen, talked about how people in their unrighteousness suppress the truth. It's like, it's like holding a basketball underwater. It's like, you can keep that thing underwater if you continue to exert the pressure to keep it underwater. But as soon as you let go, right, it's going to rise to the surface. Um, and so, Rick. Hey, Rob. We're we're moving along here. But there is an intended response yes. to this doctrine of general revelation. So if you're in your car right now driving around, you're thinking, how in the world does general revelation apply to me today? Mm-hmm. There's an intended response. And then there tends to be the actual response. Yeah. So the intended response is worship and thanksgiving yeah. and submission and obedience to God. So all of these things that when we consider general revelation, God revealing himself to all of creation, those are the responses that we should have. Yeah. But Rick, what do we tend to have instead?
1: Yeah, so as those intended responses are, are us, uh, and God in, originally created mankind and our response to him in our fallen nature, our natural or our actual response is idolatry. We we worship other things, other gods, um, ourself, or our hobby, or our, our work, our success, our child, whatever. We put other gods up. We are disobedient. Uh, we seek to do our own thing. Uh, we seek to be uh, to to find w- ways to like sin. Mean, we were just our our flesh is so creative in our ability to be disobedient. Um, And to be self-reliant in our salvation, like, I can earn this, I can do enough good things, I can work hard enough, um, and all those things, it's deception, and it's us trying to do things in our flesh and reject God and who He is and what He's done and how He's structured things.
0: Yeah, I mean, we see it in, so as we think about some of these things, like in in Romans one twenty-three it says that they exchanged the glory of their mortal god for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. So that was those were the people in that day. So they had gods in various different aspects. And so it's easy for us to look back and say like, oh yeah, we don't worship statues of, of lizards or of four-footed animals or anything like that. But we should be careful because although they worshipped false gods in that way, we are so easily prone to worship false gods, the false god of money, mm-hmm. the false god of success, the false god of reputation, of desiring all of these other things more than God. That is the idol. And, yeah.
1: And and so that's th- can be <laughs> theology. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you want to know and you want to have all the answers and have everything figured out rather than know him. Yeah. Okay. You want to know more about him. So, Rob... How you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good. good. We're running... How does
1: this affect your head?
0: Yeah. Cause so we're trying to go through the head heart hands paradigm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've been doing that. We haven't been doing it super consistently, but we try to do it
1: It's kind of newer ish. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. so this head heart hands paradigm of how a doctrine should affect us, when it comes to our head, what we're what it increases our confidence in is that it answers the intellectual questions like the of origin and how the world works. So um, Ravi Zacharias, uh, an apologist, says that there are four questions that every worldview has to answer. The question of origin, where do we come from? The question of meaning, so why are we here? The question of morality, what's right and wrong? And the question of destiny, where are we going? So origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. And the great thing about, about this is that it answers those things, and that would be a whole other podcast to, to go into each of those four things, but it gives us a framework for answering those intellectual yeah. questions.
1: Yeah, as well on the head um, intellectual piece that gives us confidence is God has revealed himself to all mankind. We, we know this through this general revelation. Because of that, all will face judgment. Romans one twenty speaks to that, um, that God is just in his judgment. But that's a hard truth to say that that there will be this judgment that comes because God has given this general revelation. Um, and Wayne Grudem says it something like, man knows enough to be guilty, but not enough to be saved. Because without spe- special revelation, um, we're going to talk about that coming up, without that, y- your faith in Christ, there's no redemption, there's no salvation. So that's a, it's a really hard... Doctrine, but you have to deal with these scriptures. You can't just write them off. And so we point to Romans one twenty that God is just, and we can have confidence in that um, in His judgment.
0: Yeah, but then this also should fuel our, our hearts, some of our emotions. And so the first thing that it should do is, is lead us into thanksgiving, to be thankful that God has revealed Himself. He didn't. He didn't have to. I mean, He could have easily kept Himself hidden. He He could have easily just left us alone. But He has shown Himself in multiple ways, and and the ways that he has generally are innumerable. I mean, it's all over the place. Um, Then it should also delight us in God's kindness uh, for those things that I just mentioned.
1: Yeah. And so this, um, it gives us a foundation, you know, to answer hard questions. This kind of ties into that point about answers, the intellectual questions. But as we answer those in an intellectual way, it also should resonate in our heart, gives us this confidence in this conviction. So we believe it's true then we act out of the fact that it's true, and our behavior follows. And so with sometimes with really hard questions that people bring up um, about issues with sin or brokenness in the world or different things we're, we're working through, um, because God speaks, because he is, we now have something to point to, point people to, to answer those hard questions.
0: Yeah, and then The last thing, hands. So how does general revelation affect the way that we conduct ourselves? Yeah. Uh, The first one would be we now, as we look at God's general revelation in all creation, it should lead us to ascribe a worship to him and not the creation. We shouldn't be like the people that Paul talks about in Romans 1 who exchanged, um, or no, wow, blanking on this. Um, exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four footed animals, reptiles. But then in verse twenty five, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. And worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. We should as we look at creation, it should lead us to ascribe glory and worship yes. to the creator rather than the creation.
1: Yeah. And with that, um ascribing worship we should submit and, and obey God. That he is God and he, he is magnificent. He's the creator. Um, he's made this world that gives him the supreme authority. And so we sh- he has laid out a plan for us so we should submit and o- obey him. Um, so we talk about general revelation. It's hard because in this instance it's not specific. It's just that there is a God and he has created these things. But it's still in our heart saying, hey, we're not God. It's not all about me. It's about the creator. And so that should create a humility in us.
0: Yep, submit, be obedient.
1: Yeah, do it. <laughs> Just do it.
0: I'm trying to loosen up. Feel like we've been really serious, like as we've gone through these, because we're we're already way over our time. We tried to keep this thing around like 20 minutes. <sighs> yeah, we're already at 30, 32, or something like that. So we got like one. My like, goodness,
1: half of a point left. So yeah. It's yeah. Kinda okay. So the, the last like... one,
0: the last one is that <laughs> it should, it should motivate us to, to engage in missions, and yeah. so. We see in Romans 10, I'm not going to go there because we're really late on time, um, but that the only way people come to salvation is by embracing the gospel. It's it's not that, oh, they didn't get to hear the gospel, so they won't be held to the same judgment. No, God has revealed himself to all people, and therefore all people have enough knowledge to be condemned, as Rick was saying earlier that uh, Wayne Grudem quoted, or Rick quoted Wayne Grudem. <laughs> um And so it should fuel us. We should be really, really passionate about getting to the people who haven't heard the gospel because the only way that they're going to be saved is if they hear the gospel and embrace it. So how does general revelation affect our conduct? It should lead us to ascribe worship to God. It should lead us into submission and obedience to God. And it should give us a passion for missions. Boom. Boom. Hey, good job. from a distance. That was great. Um,
1: so this is we're talking about general general revelation. Um, tune in next time to hear a podcast on special revelation.
0: <laughs> I feel but a little rusty. I feel like
1: been out out of the saddle for a while. Huh? I have. Yeah, I feel like got to do some. We some got in stretches. a zone there where we
0: were like really
1: just like point by point.
0: Yeah, you preached today, so I mean, I did. You've been in a shot. preaching mode.
1: Well, oh, I could preach to you.
0: Oh, I could preach.
1: Do we? Okay. I'll talk about next next episode next episode hey um, if you liked today's episode and you think someone else would please share it also you can leave us a rating on iTunes we love to hear from you guys with um, comments or reviews those are awesome yes you'd love to contact us we'd love to hear from you we are on Facebook at Simple Theology hit us up on Twitter at SimpleTheology underscore check out the website at SimpleTheology.org peace (laughs)